0: Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from dot com. Hey, we're coming here to the Nerd Greek podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks for being here. If you're catching the show between the holidays, somewhere in the holidays, we're in that holiday zone. I'm not sure when this is going to get published, but happy holidays to you. And uh, hopefully you had a safe and healthy holidays. Wear your mask, stay safe, uh, vaccinate, all that good stuff. And be sure to see us at the CES show. Uh, CES is going to be going on January, I think it's the 5th through the 8th. And we are definitely going to be there. We're going to be covering stuff. There's going to be oh, so much interviews. Uploaded the podcast, you're going to just be like, oh my gosh, there's so many amazing toys. And CS Show is really like a giant toy store. So you're going to definitely want to stay tuned for that. There's a lot of products we're getting that, that are coming in that we're going to be reviewing as well. So watch for those in the Chris Voss Show YouTube channels. And we don't put a lot of the product reviews across the podcast, just to interviews of people. So you want to subscribe to youtube.com for Chris Voss, hit the bell notification button. So you not only get these podcasts, but you also get the reviews that we do as well and whatever else. The heck we're talking about. Go to goodreads.com forward. us, Chris Vossey. Everything we're reading and reviewing over there from all the great authors that have been on the show. Also go to all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, all those different places the cool kids are at. Today we have an amazing uh, gentleman. He's on the show with us, Jeff Lavelle from Strictly Restaurants. He's here to talk to us about his business and what they do and how they do it and give us an inside look into the whole Sort of operational aspects of restaurants, which is topical right now because you know a lot of businesses are trying to keep things going, and employment's kind of an interesting place right and Jeff is coming to us he spent twenty four years in the hospitality industry as a restaurant controller prior to opening strictly restaurants. His immense success is attributed in part to his detailed work experiences in various positions within the restaurant industry and a strong financial background. Jeff and his family previously owned and operated their own restaurant deli for several years. His last full-time position as CFO controller was with french chef david boulet which led him to start strictly restaurants thereafter as being an industry insider he has come to understand what each position and individual brings to the success or failure of a restaurant
1: welcome to the show jeff how are you thank you good morning good afternoon thank you very well thank you chris thank you for having us
0: Thank you. It's awesome to have you as well. Give us your .com so people can find you guys on the interweb.
1: Sure. They they can find us at um, www.strictly, that's S-T-R-I-C-T-L-Y, restaurants, with an S, .com. Uh, well, Strictlyrestaurants.com. They can find us. Uh, they'll find, uh, information about the partners who we work with, up and coming events or so anything that's on PICE coming down. And they'll look to see if the team on there as well, too. There is an info page. They can go on there, click on there, put their information in and it will come to my email. And I will certainly by all means, I'll reach out to them or they can call me on my cell 646 320 there
0: you go. There you go. So who and what is strictly restaurants and hospitality services?
1: Strictly restaurants came about as it is the name strictly restaurants. So my career has been since I was 12 years old. I've worked in the restaurant industry and worked in every position from back of the house. And there's many positions in back of the house from a stewards, prep, line cooks, chef, and so on to a grill man. I worked in the front of the house. I worked in delis. I pushed hot dog carts. I worked in high end restaurants. I worked at Denny's. I was a waiter at the uh, diner in Norristown. Uh, and, um, up to, as you said, as you looked to my own business that I had a deli restaurant back in the 2000s. I worked in every position on the, actually in the back of the house, in the front of the house. And then I worked in the office. Mm-hmm. And it was by my knowledge from being in the, in the back of the house and being on the floor in the front of the house. It um allowed me to be successful starting out in accounts payable. And then I worked from doing accounts payable to being a staff accountant. And then mm-hmm. literally I made it from being a staff accountant to a controller for Gladstones Universal there at the uh, California studio studio park, studio city. I've come to years of being in this position as a controller, CFO. And and as you said, my previous full-time position was with David Vellet. I said, you know what, though? I've got to get out there. There are many restaurants out there, large and small, mom-and-pop businesses, multi-unit operations that need my services. And when you work for a company, it's funny. The back of the house is viewed as an expense. You're really not viewed as an asset because you cost money, right? So you have to turn around and show the restaurant operators that you can bring value. And bringing value is by knowing everything from, like I said, from every position, everything that comes through, what is the ideal cost should be of a concept, what are you looking for in margin. One one time a gentleman asked me, when you're looking at a P&L, what do you look at? And I said, mm-hmm. I can't give you a straight answer to what I'm looking at. <laughs> I could be looking at a, a percentage, I could be looking at a, a dollar amount. That does make sense as I'm looking at this particular restaurant. So, Strictly restaurants was, like I said, if you would, came about almost nine years ago, January would be nine years, as after many years of being a CFO controller that I'm like this, like I said, there's people out there who need our services. And we've, and from it, I came where, if anybody's familiar with the brand Il Molinos, I came from Il Molinos, a single restaurant, to where they went across the board. I came oh, wow emmys where they were one restaurant that were there across the board tam restaurant group they were there i bought them to ipo so it's looking at the numbers and and knowing what's there give that information to ownership so they can turn around and make the this decision to either expand or whatever have you have whatever they're going to do but strictly restaurant is it's, it's just that we are restaurant accounting and hospitality services where are some places restaurants open up and they have flappers on or they're doing the vogue like madonna in a sense they, they turn around and like, they don't know they lose sight of things and then as a customer i always walk into the restaurant and my eyes are always wide open so and i get to see everything the whole big picture from the time i walk into the door to the time i'm seated down at the table as i'm seating at the seat i take a look around at the whole restaurant and i'm looking at things and then and I advise them on how to make the place better in, mm-hmm. in a lot and then a lot of- they don't see that because they'll come in like you said earlier about with the industry right now we're going through labor shortages we're going yeah. to supply chain shortages and so on these are things that they have to navigate but then what happens is if they're not focusing if they're not walking to the restaurant eyes wide open they'll miss something and here and there and there and you don't want a customer who will come in and see something and then go tell 10 friends and then they go tell 10 friends and next it would affect your business so certainly restaurant is not just about accounting aspects of things, but it's also bringing light to you from a customer's point of view or what we see as we walk into the door and it helps you make the decisions to run your business.
0: There you go. That's really important. I have a restaurant that I really like to go to and they make some of the best chicken in the world. And it's, it is the best chicken in the world as far as I've ever had. And, but they have something they, they do with, they have a, st- a stack of those uh, trays and Someone washes them and then they stack them. So when you pick them up, they're still wet underneath, which is right. like gross. And I don't think somebody fully cleans them because sometimes they're sticky. Right. And it's just—it's one of those things that you're just like, this is killing you. Just this one thing. You guys make right. all this great stuff. You know, I remember years ago seeing the, the number one McDonald's in in America, and they're like, "Why do you sell so well? Like keeping the bathrooms clean." Right. They're like, "What?" Yeah, that clean bathrooms, it tells the customers everything they want to know. And no customer
1: comes back if the bathroom's not clean. So I had to write and tell them, hey. It's, you- it's actually very, it's a very valid thing that you said, because stewards, I never like to ever use the terms dishwasher. They're mm-hmm. stewards, okay? Mm-hmm. It's an elevated term. It's a more of a respectful term. But those are the most important people in your record. Yeah. they're not taken care of. The facilities, if they're not taking care of the of the dishes and so on, then you can't function. So it always does come from them, and then you go on up. And that's funny that you say that because it does. And it's little things like that. It's, it's And then it has a ripple effect because if that's not good, then they will overlook and They won't see that the, the soda machine's not cleaned off and so on, which things like this that they don't yeah. know. Or something's underneath the thing. I love going to places and I get down on my hands and knees and people think I'm doing a push up. No, I'm getting down on my hands and knees. So I can look underneath your uh, shelving and be like, hey, you know what I mean? If I, yeah. do it, okay, and I put my hand underneath there and I pull something out, there's a problem. You yeah. know? <laughs>
0: No one wants to see stuff like that. But so, you know, this has been a hard time for a lot of restaurants, too, over COVID. A lot of them weren't ready to go online for deliveries or taking orders online. A lot of them didn't even you know, have their websites set up. They really got in, in not ready for the, technically, what would become the new age mm-hmm. of ordering food because of the COVID thing. How do you guys help companies prosper with the setup that you have and all that good stuff?
1: Well, well, it's funny. It's, it's, it's a good question. It's funny that you did say that because it wasn't. People weren't ready for it, especially if a lot of your high-end restaurants, too, weren't ready because they don't need that. Mm-hmm. And what we did was we worked with clients who basically you had to recreate yourself and you had to reimagine yourself and you have to turn around and start thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. And I have restaurants that literally had no online presence in terms of doing what you're saying, especially during COVID. You need to look at what sells what could um, be packaged on a to go process, what could hold and maintain this quality as it goes along to the destination and come out of this. You have to survive. For the most part, I would say ninety nine point nine five percent of all my clients that I've had listen and worked with during the COVID that we came out. Mm -hmm. It's you know, it's the ones that will kiss you on the cheeks and then when you turn around they go back and do another thing. Um, oh, wow. And they're the ones that didn't succeed. But it was a challenge because a lot of people didn't. And a lot of your operations that you're, med- you're lower to median price point, they're already out there online. And you have to turn around and, and, and again, look at what sells. Drive them to turn around and focus on what moves. And then eliminate what doesn't and then focus on that and do that well.
0: Mm-hmm. Meet
1: the expectations. And COVID changed a lot with the, the timing and everything. People now ate breakfast, they ate lunch, they ate dinner. Because they were home. Yeah. So it wasn't, we were wearing at the office, going to six o'clock, seven o'clock at night and saying, let's meet up and have some drinks or whatever and so on. I'll have some tapas and whatever. They turned around and now they ate all the same time. The challenge was even coming out from COVID was trying to get that consumer to now come back out for breakfast, come back out for lunch, or come out for dinner, and then not that prime time, not that 5.30, 6 o'clock, 6.30 sweet spot that they all want to eat, because we're paying for the rent of the overhead. We need you to come in at 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, and now it's a challenge. Now what a with this new variant out there, what is it, the Omnicore, now what a sudden is everybody's, it's ringing the bell, the sky's falling and all this, and everybody's running around, and they don't want to turn around, but it's, we really need the consumer to, to have confidence in themselves and come back out and enjoy because I've noticed and I've seen it I've seen it the, the trend where people just want that prime spot and and if you can't get it then they're going to go somewhere else and and so you really have to stay true to yourself and and give the consumer what they expect but during COVID it was a challenge and I've had people where I had to tell them you put on your big boy's pants or you put on your big girl's pants you already own and you get in there and you do it. You know everybody's oh, 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 the feelings and all this stuff and everything here and all that stuff, and no, you have a business to run mm-hmm. it's what it is, and strictly restaurants does not look at we don't look at the owners mm-hmm. and we don't say the owners we say the restaurant mm-hmm. we we work for the restaurant mm-hmm. and our goal is to make sure the restaurants are successful that mm-hmm. is our goal. Because they're, they're there today, then they'll be there.
0: There you go. Now, a lot of the restaurants, I imagine, these guys are chefs. They're cooks. They're These guys aren't accounting wizards. They have a passion for food. They have a passion for preparing great tastes and presentation and a wonderful thing that cooks do, chefs do for us. And so I imagine they're not the most, you know, savvy on the other side of uh, i got to run numbers so what are some of the services if we haven't covered them yet that you provide what's the range of services that you offer restaurants
1: well um <clears throat> we actually can customize depending on as you were saying the operator of his or her knowledge of what they do but we do everything from a daily sales report we audit the mm-hmm. daily sales. We generate a daily sales report for them. And we present it in such a fashion that you can actually see where your strong and your weak spots are.
0: Mm-hmm. And a lot
1: of people have, have this over here or they're like, let me go in over here and this is going to tell me what it is. It's not. That's all the snapshots. And they'll go online on the platform and says, oh, this is what I'm at. It's not. You have yeah. to really dive into it. We generate schedules for them to really know what their back of the house labor cost is, what their beverage costs is, what their beverage labor is, and their overall labor costs. What are you doing? I, have, I had one gentleman who I do this daily report, and he wasn't interested in covers. He didn't want mm-hmm. to see the snapshot of the covers. I said, yes, you do. I said, because covers is cash flow. Mm-hmm. If you don't show the covers, and I don't see what they're generating in the price per person, there goes cash flow. Mm-hmm. So, I do want to look at covers, and you do want to see that out on there, so we do that we 'll do accounts payable, we do payroll so we 're a liaison between the restaurants and the vendors, so we actually strictly restaurants become your back office mm-hmm. you don 't have an office, and that 's what I was saying originally earlier when I was saying that you know, the operators viewed the accounting. Team as an expense. They never, especially, and I've been in it. I, I literally went from New York as accounts payable clerk to San Diego to be a staff accountant. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sitting in San Diego, and let me tell you, it's been being in this industry, everything's all about timing. Mm-hmm. Everything you have to know how to time things. So I literally can sit at my desk and I was able to do these this one location's accounting activity in like no time. So what I'm going to do the first of the time, and I felt, well, if I'm trying to drag the day out, it's like stealing money, if you sense if you would. You're stealing time. So I turned around and wrote a position back in the early 90s that said, why, if you have a person like myself sitting in this office and a person sitting in another office doing a similar position, I created a regional staff account position where I now was responsible for five stores. And so it's turned around to always looking to see how we can be at a value to the restaurant. And that's why, again, why I'm the same as that today. So not only do we do the dailies, we do accounts payable, we do payroll, we do weekly bank uh, bank reconciliations, we do financial, we prepare sales tax, we do everything that that is required as if you had somebody in-house and at a fraction wow. of the cost.
0: Yeah, you've been doing this 24 years in the hospitality industry. We went over your background on the bio, and that really helped you in creating uh, the, your company, Strictly Restaurants, right?
1: That's correct. That's right. Yes. Yeah.
0: And tell us about your team and how that team helps your clients with their expertise.
1: We actually have a, a, a team of 12 people. Team? Of, that's right. Mm-hmm. 12 people. We have 12 people working strictly restaurants, and they come from a wide range of background. We uh, different fields, different industries, uh, different. If you would, educational levels where they uh, fall out in life, Uh, life experiences too have contributed to their success. And so the team is, I would just, I think the team here as using that term is team, we're one team. So you don't have of the 12 people here doing 12 different things. You have 12 people here doing things that Strictly Restaurant does. You have 12 people here providing to the client what I would be providing to the client. And so mm-hmm. on. So it helps them because now, like I teach my guys, I don't know, everything earlier we referred to the phone and how people said, oh, you can go in here and can see what it is. I like my team to touch the data. I want mm-hmm. them to touch it. I want them to know your sales. I want them to know your invoices. I want to know when I ask you, who's your trash man over at East Village or who's the linen company down in Philadelphia? I want to know. Okay. And that means if I'm going to ask you that question, you'll never know when I will ask you that question. That if you're actually touching the data, then you're already going to know the answer. When I ask for the sales, what are they doing? Then you know what they're, what they're at. And so they really contribute by being on top of them, being part of the team. If information's missing, then they reach out to the clients. We talk to them. It's literally as if we're part of your management team. We're out there. Yeah. We can communicate every day with them. So and I think that's the difference that you get. You have out there Bar Rescue, Restaurant Impossible, and an accounting firm. Well, Strictly yeah. restaurants all three of those. Wrapped mm-hmm. up into one, and mm-hmm. that's what it is. So these guys and myself here, we all work together for the benefit and for the success of the restaurants.
0: Wow! And what kind of restaurants have you, and can you help them? Mo-
1: Any, in all honesty, it's anybody. We have, like I said, mission. We have mission star restaurants. We have medium to price up a little price point up higher. We have medium to lower price point. Mm -hmm. concepts and so it's to us it's again it's knowing the brand knowing what you have to offer the product that you're selling knowing your footprint knowing what's out there it's a race it's a different David Boulay was the high-end restaurant David Boulay minimum coverage but we did a successful operation Bill Molino's was again same thing a a, a smaller uh, brand successful operation know what works and what what doesn't work know if you're going to make pizzas, then okay how what are you going to make the pizza what makes you stand out and so on if you're going to do that then you do it right you do Mm -hmm. it right and it's a whole experience the whole setting of everything that kind of goes with that so i worked again with David Boulay I worked with Iron Chef Motor, I worked with Jonathan Waxman I worked with Tim Cushman I worked with many different Organization, so big or small doesn't matter. My my career path growing up from pushing a hot dog cart, working at my mother's chickens and ribs. I was a kitchen manager in tenth grade. I mean, mm-hmm. at that time they didn't have labor laws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so I was here. I'm being running a place in 10th grade. When I was a senior, I was in charge of a cafeteria at a factory in Farmingdale, New York. Okay. And then I'm the one who's there. So again, they didn't worry about it then, but it's, you got to do it. You learn things, you learn how you go along. So again, it could be my, my experience is any, again, from a high end to a a cafeteria, to a cafe.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, Now, can you help restaurants anywhere in the U.S.?
1: That as yes exactly we are right now we are in seven seven states I think okay. we're about we're in seven states right now my goal is to actually roll out and roll across because especially now people I think right now they're kind of shooting at I get clients who email things every night who are part of the closing process and we see things people are making decisions and they're like Yosemite Sam bang. They're making the decisions and but really it's not an effective decision. No. And if you're just shooting at the hips and if you do that, then like this one person made a comment that they end up picking up the table because they cut the staff too long. They cut oh, wow. the staff and they end up picking up the good, especially at the price point that you're at, they don't want to come in and see that the manager's service in that. You Definitely. know what I mean? So it's not, or if you cut the kitchen staff too much and then it takes a half hour or 20 minutes, a half hour just to get an appetizer. People don't want that. So you have to be strategically mm-hmm. smart in what it is. If you notice some businesses coming down, then you turn around and shift gears and you say, mm-hmm. let's ship out a menu that's going to be much simpler to get out and much faster to get out. That's what you got to do. So certainly restaurants, our goal is to roll out. Like I said, we are in New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, D.C., Virginia. Okay. North Carolina, uh, Georgia, Tennessee, and Kentucky. And I have a gentleman in California who's actually talking to us in Northern California um, about expanding his brand. He's buying into something he wants to expand his brand. So I commend people who are wanting growing, especially during this pandemic and so on, that they they still have faith and they still believe that they can do it. And if you're smart come to Strictly Restaurants, as you're starting the process, Then you're going to come out of the gate. You're going to Mm -hmm. come out of the gate doing things smart. And that's our goal. That's our goal. We have people who come in, already been out there, and then they come to us. And I just draw a line in the sand. And I say, okay, we're going to put that over to there. And we're going to focus on over here, starting you off on this over here. We'll blend in what you did before, bring it in here. But now on a going forward basis, you're going to get accurate information. You're going to get what you need to know to how to run the business. And what I do, my success as the owner of Strictly Restaurant is I'm cash manager. Mm-hmm. I I know cash. I know uh-huh. cash. And and that is, if you listen to me, obviously, like I said, knock on wood, you listen to me, we came to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And, and that was a key. That was the key. And I think that made... That cemented strictly restaurants out there because it—it it was my seventh year. It was, it was I'm on a track to be my best year, and then all of a sudden, boom, the mm-hmm. pandemic hits us. So shift gears, get in in management. What you do, you cash management, and you work through it, and you and you come out, you know, smelling like a rose. So I again, to me, I think any restaurant, if we can get across the board, get across the country, expand and help them. As I said earlier, you had Bar Rescue, Restaurant Impossible to come out there and say 30% of food costs, 30% labor costs, 30% of. Over- and you can't operate like that. A chicken and ribs place or pancake and chicken shouldn't be at a 30% food cost. You know, there you go. You know what I mean? And you can't say, "I'll oh, have a 30% labor. It's You really got to turn around and say the concept-wise. I remember like Iron Chef Moimoto working with him. I didn't tell him how to cut the sushi. He didn't tell me how to go one one on a the- calculator. That's my job, and that was his job.
0: mm mm-hmm. So awesome, man. There's so much that you can do for companies. And I, I love this because like I said, most people that in restaurants are good at cooking food and making food and presenting food. But I would imagine a lot of more accounting geniuses. I know when I started my company, I wasn't. How has your business changed or grown over the last few years? And what do you attribute it to?
1: A lot of my business, a lot of my success has really come from, to a word about word amount and we've had a few have who let the fingers through the walk-in online but it's from it's from again it's from that and there's from people reaching out who've known me from the past called me up and said i want to open up my business and i want you to there or i heard you work with him over here we like but we want you to turn around and come work with us i literally went from making a risk when i started this company i had four kids Four kids. Yes, I have four kids. And and that's the scary part about it is every entrepreneur who goes out there, if they have a family or they have obligations, you can't come out here and say, I need a paycheck. Mm -hmm. Because you're now the boss, man. You're the boss lady. You can't turn around and say, I need a paycheck. You got to now turn around and put your faith and trust into yourself. Get out there and make it work. So I did from David Boulay and I came out here. My very first client was Kijitsu. Uh, and I have them. They're my Michelin star restaurant. My next one was talking Japanese. I have them from the beginning over here. And then you just grow from mm-hmm. Adele's in Nashville and so on. Country Music Hall of Fame place. You just grow and and it just continue on expanding. It's this company. Literally, we have... I think about about what do we got? About thirty uh, something. We have about thirty something restaurants. We have about thirty. Yeah, about thirty something restaurants is what we is what we have. So we're not. Well, a lot of people think that in restaurant accounting, oh, if I go with uh, my mother in law, my wife, or my husband, or my uncle, or somebody who can do it at the basement or whatever, that should be sufficient. But it's not because those are where things fall through the crack. Especially if it's family. I had I worked with my wife or my wife and my mother-in-law, trust me, you don't know what it is, you know what I mean, trust me, but no, it's not, because they're not, they're not looking at it, saying, okay, if I misplace these these bills over here, ah, they're not going to get mad at me, because I'm, I'm family, but they Mm -hmm. need, it's the importance of having everything uh, captured, and everything recorded, and so on, so, for us to come in there and, and be everything for you, the husband, the wife, the brother-in-law, the small garage, somebody working in the basement or whatever. No, strictly restaurants is just – and then what's nice about it, too, is you don't even have to have an office space. Oh, there you go. You have to have an office space. We're- oh,
0: that's right. You would have oh, to have okay. a back office in your restaurant and make space for... I've seen some back offices at restaurants, and they're just a mess, and they're just crammed in there. There's food all over the calculator and stuff. Right, um, right, right. has been a... It's been a while since I've been in the back office of a restaurant, clearly. But uh, no, yeah, I, I can see how that makes sense. You're always like, uh, hey, where's the paperwork we're supposed to give you the accountant so he can figure out whether we're making a profit or not? Yeah, that, that totally makes
1: sense. As you were saying about the restaurant tours, that especially the chefs and all, when they come out, they have this vision. It's the division of the gingerbread dancing or whatever in their head. They have this vision, and you really have to keep reality. We keep things, and everybody will always be like, yes, chef, no, chef, yes, chef. No, we keep it real. We turn around and tell you, this is where you're at. Okay. This is where your costs are at. This is where mm-hmm. you're supposed to be at. When you measure kitchen labor, you don't measure kitchen labor off the total sales of the restaurant because they didn't make that glass of wine. They didn't pour that, that bottle. They only worked in the back. Mm. Okay. So you can't turn around and measure that because then you're actually giving them credit and you're lowering their costs when you have to turn around and say on an average, if you're a higher end restaurant, you can have a 20% labor cost for the back of the house. Anything on down, it's got to be 15 to 17% of total food sales. And then you work backwards. People don't Mm -hmm. think about that. They work. And next thing you know, especially if you do with uh, chefs and all that stuff, they got to have a whole entourage. (laughs) You know, what? they got this sous chef and they got that pastry chef and they got that person over there and that person over there. And they look at the kitchen and say, oh, my kitchen is doing great. No, stop. And you can't have the front of the house pay for the back of the house because the front of the house, you're paying less wages, especially Mm -hmm. with the uh, minimum wage and the hourly wages out there. You're paying in the back. So you can't have them carry in the back because they cost more in the back. So we do keep, again, some people – They'll, they'll listen anybody who reaches out to strictly and really want to grow they would listen and all the time you get some people like well I know I know well okay then what do you want strictly rational to do for you you know what I mean
0: it's crazy starting a business what would you what sort of advice would we give to some of our listeners is it based, is it based on success based on passion knowledge or combination or what, what do you think are some of the key I think if
1: you want to start a business you have to obviously you have to have passion about about this industry mm-hmm. it is a 24 seven yeah and it is a 24 seven any business any own owner out there you got to work it is 24 seven and that's why we said before about i had one gentleman said oh, i need to bring home a thousand dollars a week i need a paycheck i told him don't quit the job stay at work okay <laughs> you know what i mean because you get paid last you have yeah. you have rent you have employees you have taxes you have bills so it is passion But then sometimes they get blinded by that passion and they think that, oh, if I put in over a a restaurant over down an alleyway, that you're going to want to walk down, go down an alleyway to go to their place. And that's not the case. So sometimes it is difficult for them to really hear um, the truth. But for me, I would turn around and say, if anybody who wants to start the business, it is passion. And our job is to see your passion come through. We need we will help you have that passion come out. If you allow us to do what we do best, if you allow us to manage your back of the house, work in conjunction with you for your vision to come out, you will be successful. But like Mm -hmm. I said, don't go down. I had one gentleman down in in Manhattan. He was going down an alleyway, and he was going to open up a wine bar and tapas and all. And I'm like... You see where you're at, <laughs> you want, and then nobody's got, w- really, you know what I mean? It's not like you out on the main drag. You were down around an alley. And I'm like, listen, there's only a seedy box that are the people will go down around the alley. It's not a high end wine and toppings. So, <laughs> and then obviously to this day, he still hasn't opened up the place. But, you know, yeah. because again, he, what he's looking at and what he's trying to figure, if a restaurant's closed and you think you're going to come in and turn it around, if it closed before COVID, then the restaurant didn't do well. Somewhere it fell flat, it didn't do marketing, it didn't do, okay? Obviously, now you're in COVID, it's a different story. But still, you have to turn around and say, what did the owners do prior to, and even during COVID, to make this a success? And I also, too, as you go out outside of out of your cities, and you start getting into your suburbans and so on, you want to look to see if they're a quick check or a Wawa Where's the nearest McDonald's? because they did their their studies, they did the financial studies and the economic studies. and if they didn't find that this trip was viable, mm-hmm. that there's no McDonald's on this road between here and there, no quick checks, no wawa, then it's not a viable through fare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a chance that you're going to say, let me roll the dice and turn around and build a restaurant over here. The landlord's going to want double digit rent percent because you're the one who came into there. And you're not going to do well. So if restaurants come to us and, again, allow us to do what we do best, and then you're going to be successful. You really are. You can't buy things over the counter and say, I got QuickBooks or I got this and I got this over here and so on. No, let us help you see what your vision is. And the more it is, then you can say, you know what, though, this isn't, it's not working, I don't like this dish. Then we're going to help you change it.
0: There you go. That's brilliant to have, having a business advisor, especially with someone with the experience that you have in the field. How can restaurants and chefs get a hold of you so they can find out how to utilize your services?
1: They could always go to uh, Mm -hmm. strictlyrestaurants.com. Again, it's S-T-R-I-C-T-L-Y, restaurants with an S.com. Or they can call me, 646-320-5206. Or well, the office line here is 609-838-9223. or well, we also have a toll-free line, which is, we have a toll-free line, which is 844-382-2228. That's 844-382-2228. So many ways that people can could connect with us. And I, for me, this is my, it's my business line, too. As you said, I'd give you the office line, too. But people can reach me 24-7. When you do call us, we are part, like I said, we are part of your team. So it's not restaurants are open seven days a week and so on. And we're part of that. Even though the office may be Monday to Friday, but seven days a week, I'm there with you. So you're, you're never alone.
0: That's freaking awesome, man. That is awesome. Anything we want to touch on before we
1: go? I think that the, again, I think that if people reach out to to Strictly Restaurants on prior to, especially in today, or even during, look at the supply chain out there and the cost. You've got beef and pork's up 21%, fish is up at 8%, eggs are up 8%, chickens 9%. You've got to reach to, reach out to us and we can help you. Let's analyze and let's look to see. What sells, what doesn't sell? They don't. Some people will say, Oh, I can't get rid of my mother's meatballs or so on. This is a signature dish. But if you can't get the same ingredients, the same product, then all of a sudden it, it alters the flavor. So yeah. people will come in and be like, Oh, you know, my flavor or my expectations with this. And then notice of a sudden it falls flat because the supply chain is not mm-hmm. there. So we'll work with you. We're not going to do it for you. We will work with you to. To single out what is good, what's not good. Every day, if you're something shortage, like I saw today, this morning, a guy was selling six wings, a soda and fries for 12 bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Six wings. I'm like, six wings? Okay. And fries. And I said, now that's got to be a low-cost item when he's selling it for $12. And I said, do you move it a lot? He says, no. I said, (laughs) <laughs> you know, it's $12, you know, yeah. for six wings. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's things like that. It's, 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 things like that. And that's where it's interesting because I will come in and I will just my advice or, mm-hmm. or something I noticed. And so I think anything, again, it's you know, the supply chain shortage, the labor shortage that we have up over here. We've seen the news that they said with this extra unemployment, they had gone, it amortized out with no rent, now today, they announced today, too, that they freeze the student loan, the federal student loan, now into May. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. So while you doing that, you're basically – now, like anybody who's young, you can tell me I don't have to pay to $300 to my student loan. I'm going to go spend that $300. Well, what happens is if you spend that, you're not going to have that to come out to us. So, But because of it, the reason I brought that up is that they figured – and they, the economists came up and said it was like a $55,000 a year. Hey, now these people, they were getting that. Now they want to come out and they want $55,000 a year. They want to turn around and do this. And this is the challenge that we have in trying to re-educate the consumer or now the employee that this, no, this whole pandemic caused things to be upside down and so on. And, you know, obviously from the labor and now the supply shortage and all. So to be a restaurant operator, you, you really need to turn around and allow Strictly restaurants to manage your back office, to manage your bills, work in conjunction with you while you are managing your front of the house and you're managing your labor and so on. I, I I think for us, if if we can get people out there to reach out to us prior to or even during here, we can help you come out of this. And it's yeah, I never let me tell you, and it's no, it's no nine years being in this business over here of my own company, twenty something years of being a CFO control, no restaurants closed underneath my help.
0: It's awesome, man.
1: It's a. It's from knowing this industry and knowing how things are. Sometimes I look at people, I look at the maitre d's outfit. I'll look mm-hmm. at something. Or you go to a restaurant. You ever go to a restaurant on a Friday night and you got two people sitting in a six-top? It's like, why would you sit people? two people sitting at a six-top table and especially a boot? So when mm-hmm. somebody like myself come with my four kids... I'm I'm like beating at it. I'm like, man, because I can't get these kids to sit down and eat because you sat two people at a 6 top table. And that so it's things like that that the manager should have worked with the hostess mm-hmm. and the manager should have said, you know what, though? It is a Friday night. Let's steer deuces over to this station over here or these tables over here. Don't take up. So it's things like that that I will turn around and help you actually see and so on yeah
0: you know? there you go i think it's i think it's extraordinary i never really thought about the back end of it and i know people that have restaurants there's a lot of issues that they have to do and yeah it's, it's a really hard business i've thought about getting in the restaurant business and i'm like no those people just work their butts off and you don't need any more pain in but paperwork than you already have no, so it Jeff,
1: can, it can't pay off it really can't pay off yeah. if you have the right team in place and if you allow the people who you're hiring to do, I had one gentleman who wanted to expand and I went out and did a market research for him. <coughs> Excuse me. And did a market research for him. And I said, Hey guys, I said, you want to open up right around the corner where you're at. You're going to cut your lunch business in half. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense. So why would you do it? But, and they listen. they never did it, mm-hmm. but you can be very rewarding. There you go. There you go.
0: Jeff, it's been wonderful to have you on the show and insightful. Give us your .com so people can go find you on the interwebs.
1: Strictlyrestaurants.com.
0: There you go, strictlyrestaurants.com. Thank you very much for coming on, Jeff. We certainly
1: Thank you for having us, and happy holidays to you. and me.
0: Happy holidays to you, too, and to our audience as well. Wherever you are in the holidays when we publish this, I think it will be tonight. Have a Merry Christmas and a happy holidays and a safe new year. Be good to each other. Go to YouTube.com to see the video version of this. Go to Goodreads.com and see Chris Shaw and see all the things we're doing there. All of our groups, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, check them all out. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Be well, stay safe, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye.